Welcome back to another episode of The Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I'm going to be talking about week one of the NFL, and I'm going to talk about some of the NBA playoff games that happened last night. Game seven of the Clippers Nuggets series was wild. The Clippers choked. I'm going to talk a lot about that. I have a lot to say. I'm going to talk about game one of the Celtics Heat series, and then of course, like I mentioned a second ago, I'm going to be talking about week one of the NFL season. Football is back, baby. I'm excited to talk about it. I hope y'all are excited to hear me talk about it. But without further ado, further ado uh, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Um, let's start off by talking about the NFL. Uh, let me pull up my notes real quick. Um, it was a very exciting week. Football's back. It's a little bit weird with no fans, uh, I must admit. Uh, having no crowd noise, I mean, there's artificial crowd noise, but not having a, a crowd there, not hearing the ups and downs of a crowd's reaction during a game. It's a little bit weird, uh, but we're going to get through it. It doesn't ruin the experience for me, at least personally, um, but I know for a lot of people, it is going to be kind of weird, uh, but yeah, I'm going to start off talking about the NFL uh, week one, I want to talk about, you know, one of the biggest storylines of the offseason was the end of the Patriots dynasty led by Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady, as we all know, he went to Tampa, he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Patriots replaced him with Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton, he lasted a long time in free agency. A lot of teams decided not to sign him. Uh, the Patriots decided to go ahead, give him a contract take a chance on him, which was a great decision, you know, you know, the Chargers should have, should have gone after him, the Bears should have gone after him, but the Patriots ended up with Cam Newton as their quarterback, and the Patriots had a great week one, they beat the Dolphins, 21 to 11, Cam played well, um, and he ran, he ran the ball pretty well, um, they didn't score a whole lot of points, but the Dolphins struggled offensively, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a rough week one, he threw three interceptions, including one right before the half, which was a terrible read, he threw it right to Adrian Phillips, it was a bad read, um, and the Dolphins, like I said, they were just, they couldn't get things going offensively, and the Patriots, they had a good week one, um, I'll be interested to see how they use Cam Newton, uh, going forward, you know, they, they already used his mobility pretty well in week one, I'm gonna, I ho hopefully they continue to do that, and they, you know, they continue to weaponize his rushing ability, uh, but I like what I saw from the Patriots' offense in Week 1. Cam looked comfortable. He looked sweet in those Patriots uniforms, I must admit. Um, he looks pretty good uh, in New England. Now, <laughs> after the game, uh, there was a, a bit of, you know, a bit of drama. Because, uh, what's his name? Christian Wilkins of the Miami Dolphins grabbed Cam Newton's chain and broke it. And, you know like, you cannot do that, grabbing another dude's chain and breaking it, and, like, especially considering that it was a chain that Cam Newton's grandmother had given him, that's crazy, uh, I, I mean, that, that was wild, and I thought Cam was gonna kill, uh, Christian Wilkins, because he was pissed off about it, rightfully so, uh, you just can't do that, um, that's just disrespectful, uh, but yeah, it was a great week one for the Patriots, they got a W, um, and, you know, a lot of people are just overreacting to everything that happened in week one. Um, I, I know 
Colin Cowherd released some rank like his top ten NFL teams after Week One, and it's like, dude, it's it's Week One. Like, why are we ranking teams uh, based off what happened in Week One? Like, a lot of teams had injuries. A lot of teams had easy opponents, um, like the Patriots. And the Dolphins are not a bad team. Um, I'm just lower on them than a lot of people are. Um, I mean, they're, they're a solid team, and they had they had a they overachieved last year. They got they improved. Uh, I just think with the improvements that every other team made, they're not going to be as successful as a lot of te- a lot of other people think. Um, so I think the Patriots had a a decently easy game one, um, but you know I liked what I saw from Cam Newton. Um, he played well, and the Patriots got the W. Now the Buccaneers, on the other hand, were not. It was not such a good week for them. They played the Saints on the road. And they were not very good. Now, they had a great start. They started off hot. Their first possession, Tom Brady was incredible. He had a nice throw to Chris Godwin. He ended up scoring the first touchdown for them on a, on a QB sneak. Um, then the defense started playing well. They, they started off really, really well. Uh, but in the second quarter, they struggled offensively. And the Saints got going. They scored 17 points in the second quarter. They were dominating the Buccaneers' defense, and the Buc- in this game, the Buccaneers' defense was not playing well at all. I mean, they were making it way too easy for the Saints to move the ball, and the Saints had a lot of big plays in that game that can't continue to happen. I know the Buccaneers' uh, secondary is young, but they just got to do better than how they did um, against the Saints, and they were not very good. Um, and, you know, the Buccaneers' offense started off hot. It slowed down, and there were a lot of miscues. You know, Brady threw two picks in that game. Uh, the first pick, in my opinion, uh, was not his fault. I think there was a little bit of, of route miscommunication, and that can be expected uh, considering – uh, the situation that we're in with the pandemic and everything, they the teams didn't have training camp. Uh, maybe Tom Brady and Mike Evans just haven't gotten a, got, ha, they haven't developed the chemistry, and it looked like Mike Evans just either ran the wrong route or stopped his route too soon, um, and that ended up with the interception. I know Brady was probably pissed about that. I don't put that one on him, but his second interception. Totally on him. Like, that that was pretty bad. That was terrible. Um, that was just a bad read. And Janoris Jenkins took advantage of a bad decision from Brady and took the interception back all the way for a touchdown. That was a great play. Um, and, you know, this game ended up being closer than what it was at one point. At one point, the Saints were just killing the Buccaneers. Uh, the, this, the Buccaneers' offense ended up putting up some points in the second half. But it, it was, like... To no use. Uh, they were already down and out in this game. Uh, big big W for the Saints. Uh, I thought Tom Brady did play well other than that one interception. Um, the offense just, there were just too many miscues. You know, you had the two picks. You had the fumble on the kickoff. Uh, they, they just had some big mistakes that ended up killing them in the end. Uh, but I'm not going to overreact. I don't think Tom Brady sucks like... Um, Max Kellerman kind of alluded to on first take. Um, I, I think he actually looked really, really good at some points in this game. Um, I was impressed by him at times. There were some times where I was like, that, that was, that, there was just a few decisions here and there where I was like, oh, that, that's got to get cleaned up. But as teams, as teams are, uh, go through the season, um, I think they're going to develop chemistry. 
And we're going to see a lot of teams perform a lot better throughout the season. So I'm not too worried about this. The Saints, I liked what I saw from them. Uh, Drew Brees, he was solid. The defense looked good, especially in the second quarter. Um, and in the fourth quarter, they allowed 10 points. But, you know, it was at the end of the game. I thought their defense played pretty well. Now let's move on to the Packers-Vikings game. And wow, what a performance by the Packers. And what a performance by Aaron Rodgers, who played out of his mind. Um, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP-like uh, performance in this game. He was incredible. Uh, but early on, the Vikings came out strong. Um, they punched the Packers in the mouth on their first drive scoring after a big play uh, from Thielen. And then a couple runs near the goal line by Dalvin Cook. Um, but the end of the first half was rough uh, for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. As we all know, their secondary is very young. They have Cameron Dantzler, who's a rookie, Jeff Gladney. Their oldest corner um, is 24 years old. Uh, like, their, corner, their quarterback room is young and inexperienced, and they showed it in this game. Devontae Adams went off. I mean, he had, he had 14 catches for 156 yards, two receiving touchdowns. He was awesome. And right before halftime, the Packers... They just had an offensive explosion, scoring two touchdowns. Rodgers had a throw to Adams on the left side of the end zone with 39 seconds left in the second quarter. And then right before halftime, Rodgers hit Marquez about a scantling with a 45-yard bomb. Um, And they went up double digits right before halftime. That was huge. And the Vikings just couldn't stop the Packers. And the Packers kept, you know, they kept dumping on points, point after point. And they just, they just kept bombing the Vikings. And the Vikings just couldn't stop the Packers. They were having a very hard time in this game. Um, the Vikings, they, they were pretty successful on offense. You know, Thielen, Thielen got his against Jair Alexander. He, he cooked him a few times. But it was just a rough game overall for the Vikings defense. And if this is, gonna, if this is how it's going to be, the Packers are going to win this division. And even with their run defense being as poor as it is, like if the Vikings secondary doesn't figure it out soon, they're gonna win. They're gonna. They're not gonna be able to uh, win this division. Um, that was a a rough a rough showing for the Vikings secondary in this game. But what a game from Aaron Rodgers and what a game from Devontae Adams. Those two were absolutely incredible. That that, that was just an awesome performance by them. Alright, now I want to talk about Jamal Adams' performance versus the Falcons. Um, I was very excited about this move, about the the trade the Seahawks made to get Jamal Adams. I thought it was worth it. I thought they won the trade. I honestly did. I didn't think they gave up too much. A lot of people did. I disagree. Um, And Jamal Adams, (laughs) he shined in his first game with the Seattle Seahawks. He led the team in tackles with 12 tackles, 8 solo four assisted, he had one sack, two and a half tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and all day, he was just dominant as a blitzer, the Falcons had, they just, they didn't account for him, and he made them pay, I mean, he was all over the backfield, Um, I mean, he he was just so dominant in the run support, and as a pass rusher, he was incredible, and he played well in coverage, he just had an awesome game in week one, Um, and he was a big reason why, the Seahawks dominated the the Falcons, and as a Falcons fan, it was hard. It was hard to watch. I, I will admit, 
it was it was a rough game. Uh, but it was just so much fun watching Jamal Adams, and he he was just incredible, and he showed why he's one of the best players in the NFL. He like the the versatility and what he does as a pass rusher in run support and in coverage makes him one of the best players in the NFL and the best safety. Like it's it, it's not in discussion. This guy's a stud, but he was awesome. One game I was really looking forward to watch this weekend was the Arizona Cardinals versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And that game was really, really good. Um, now, once we knew that Debo Samuel wasn't going to be playing and Brandon Ayuk was going to be out, I thought this could end up being a really good game. And I thought before the game that the Cardinals could end up winning. Um, and that's exactly what the Cardinals did. They won the game 24-20. to It was a rough performance by the, by the 49ers offense. Uh, they couldn't think, get things going in the second half. Early on, uh, everything was working for them. You know, Raheem Mostert had that big catch, uh, which he took, I believe, 95. Or he took it, a, a, he, I mean, he took it for a huge gain. Um, scored points on that catch. And then... You know, the the 49ers ended up kicking a field goal, going up 10 nothing. Then, the Cardinals, um, they responded, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Um, at, at one point, they were, were they down 17 nothing, Or is that another game? I think that's another game I'm thinking of. You know, that's another game I'm thinking of. The Cardinals in, did end up responding in the second half. The second half is what I was most in... in um, impressed by. The Cardinals offense was incredible in the second half, as was their defense. And they were just Kyler Murray was on a whole other level in the second half. So was DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I was really impressed by Kyler Murray's mobility and his rushing ability and his ability to weaponize what he can do with his legs. And he just killed the 49ers. They couldn't bring him down. And he was really smart with the way he protected his body. He didn't take too many hits. And there were plays where the plays just weren't working. And Kyler Murray would just run the ball. And he just killed the Niners defense. Made them pay. Um, they, they scored a lot of points in the second half. And... You know, Kyler Murray was huge. He, he he wasn't great in the first half, but he was electric in the second. And that was a big reason why uh, the Cardinals ended up with the W in this game. I will say shout-out to their defense. They came to play in the second half. Um, they struggled a bit in the first, but in the second half, uh, they, they shut down the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a solid day. Couldn't get it done in the second half. They missed Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. If they had those guys in this game, the result was probably a lot different. But they didn't. And the Cardinals got a huge win. They took advantage of those guys being out. And I loved what I saw from them. And I loved what I saw from Kyler Murray. He He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's so talented. What he can do with his arm and with his legs is just incredible. And not a lot of guys are as talented as Kyle Murray. He is a stud. Now, I want to talk about Joe Burrow's debut. Um, that was one game I was really excited to watch, mainly because of Joe Burrow. I'm a huge Burrow fan. He was my number one quarterback um, in this year's draft class. I was super excited about him, and I wanted to check out his debut. This was a rough game for both teams. The Cardinals' offense was absolutely horrendous. And the Bengals, although Joe Burrow had a decent game, 
their offense wasn't that great either. Um, their offensive line struggled at times. Um, however, they did have one last chance at the end of the game. Um, before I talk about that, uh, I do want to mention that Joe Burrow did not have a great game. He was not incredible. But uh, when it came down to the end, and when, at the end of the game, he showed up when it mattered the most. When the lights were the brightest, he came through. He was awesome on their final drive. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible, making great decisions. He was making every throw. And at the end of the game, he, he threw the game when he touched down to A.J. Green. But as we all know, there was a penalty. A.J. Green got called for pass interference. And that's just such a brutal call. Um, it was the right one. It just sucks that that's how the game ended. Um, or that's honestly not how the game ended. Because right after that, the Bengals still had a chance to kick a, a game-tying field goal. And Bullock, I believe it's Randy Bullock. I might be wrong. But Bullock, the kicker, he missed an easy field goal wide right. And he, he was hurt. Um, a lot of people were saying that he was faking the injury. I'm not going to say he did. I'm not going to make those kind of allocations. Uh, but he did miss the field goal, and it looked like he was hurt after the play. What a brutal ending to Joe Burrow's debut, because he was just absolutely sensational on that final drive. He looked like a veteran. He honestly did. He did not look like a rookie playing his first game in the NFL on that drive. And although he did have some missed opportunities earlier in the game, you know, he, he had a wide-open touchdown to A.J. Green earlier that he just missed. Uh, but he came through when the lights were the brightest, and I love what I saw from him late in that game. He was incredible on that final drive. And I think I think Joe Burrow is going to be pretty good. I liked what I saw from him in his debut. Although I wasn't... Like super impressed by the by the entire game as a whole and his in in his entire performance, I liked what I saw at the end. All right, let's talk about some week one upsets because there definitely were a couple of upsets this week. The Jaguars defeated the Colts and the Redskins defeated the Eagles. I want to talk about the Redskins uh, victory first. I thought the Redskins wow, I thought the Redskins were gonna be awful this year. I thought they were going to be terrible. Um, I didn't like their roster, and they have a very difficult schedule. And this game, starting off, looked really, really bad for the Redskins. They got down 17-0. Carson Wentz was amazing in the first half. He was awesome, and the Eagles offense was just dealing. And they got a couple of big shots. Like They got a big shot to Jalen Rager. Wentz made a tough throw to, to Ertz. Uh, down in the red zone, and like I said, the Redskins were down 17-0, and it wasn't looking pretty for them, but defense turned it on, and the offense kept putting up points, um, they, their offense wasn't great, uh, they had to kick a lot of field goals, uh, but at the end of the day, their defense is what uh, fueled this comeback, and they had eight sacks, they sacked Carson Wentz eight times, they forced some turnovers, and Carson Wentz, who had a great first half, looked horrible in the second half. He threw a pick to Moreau, which that play was an awesome play by Moreau. He baited Carson Wentz, but that's that, that was a really bad decision by Wentz, and that was a really bad interception. And I liked what I saw from the Redskins' defense. They put a lot of pressure on Wentz. And they made that Eagles offensive line look silly. And I was really impressed by what I saw from Chase Young. Especially considering he was being uh, 
blocked by um, Corey, not Corey Peters, Jason Peters. And I know that Peters is old, but he's still really talented, and he's a veteran, and he just got dominated at times by Chase Young. There was one play where the Eagles, um, they didn't have Peters one-on-one. They sent a running back uh, to kind of chip Chase Young and slow him down, and what Chase did was he countered that by hitting him with a spin move. He got inside and was able to put pressure on Wentz. That was really impressive. He had I believe a sack and a half in this game. I mean, he was just incredible. He was awesome. I loved what I saw from him. And there's there's nothing. like What I saw yesterday makes me believe that not only can Chase Young get, get double-digit sacks this year, I believe he can one day be the best defensive player in the league. I mean, what like what he did, what he did yesterday in his first game in the National Football League – Against a pretty good offensive line. And I know the Eagles had some injuries, but he looked really, really good. Um, And he was just dominant in every facet of the game. He was incredible. I loved what I saw from him. Shout out to the Redskins for proving me wrong, getting a a big win in week one. And hey, maybe they can just make everyone look stupid and they can have a really good year. I don't know. Uh, but for now, it lo- it looks like I'm gonna look stupid. And hey, I'm happy to look dumb. I mean, I'm gonna, like if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. Uh, because you know, in sports, I don't want to see people fail. I'm not rooting for people to fail. I'm not that kind of guy. I want to see everybody succeed. And you know, if if a team is gonna overperform and make me look stupid, hey, I I love to see it. I love to see people succeed. That's incredible. Now I want to talk about. Um, the Jaguars Colts game. Let me get a sip of my drink so I don't like die of uh, uh, throat dryness. Ah, because that game was awesome, and I loved what I saw from the Jaguars. Now, um, Colts. Let me let me just say, uh, y'all were pathetic yesterday. I mean, I I get that the Jaguars. Play, played well. I get that. But come on. They just gutted their roster. And like and they have Gardner Minshew who is a good quarterback, but he's not an elite quarterback. At least not yet. And for them to lose that game, especially considering how bad the Jaguars uh run defense was, you you've gotta win that game. Like there there is no excuse. You have to win that game. And I get the, the situation we're in. You didn't have training camp. But the Jaguars are dealing with that too. And they just gutted their entire roster. They, they have an undrafted rookie as their starting running back. They got a, a ton of young guys in their defense. And you still lose that game? That was pathetic. Uh, but shout out to the Jaguars. They played super well. Gordon Minshew played out of his mind. He had some big throws. Um, you know, everyone played well for the Jaguars, really. And although their run defense didn't play too well, C.J. Henderson, who they drafted top 10, he balled out. And I wasn't really expecting him to play that well early on because watching his film, there were a lot of things that concerned me about his game and and not even his tackling issues and his lack of run support or, or his inability to... Um, you know, come down and stop the run, or at least have some um, ability to support the run. But um, and there were some things in coverage that I didn't like. But he just played so well yesterday. 
and he, he played out of his mind, and I was really impressed by his debut. But like the Colts, they got it going early on. Um, they were running the ball really well. Naheem, Naheem Hines, he had a great first half. Marlon Mack got hurt. But at the end of the game, it was a close score, and Phillip Rivers does what he does best, and he threw a turn, he threw a pick. And I mean, I said in our last podcast uh, that Thomas and I did when we kind of previewed the NFL season, I said that I was a little bit worried about the Colts because I couldn't buy into Phillip Rivers because of his turnover issues last season. I just I couldn't get over those those interceptions, and. He threw, did he throw two interceptions? Let me look. I can actually look this up here. I got my computer right here. Uh, I'm going to look to see how many interceptions he threw. I know he threw at least one interception. He might have thrown two. Let me go to ESPN.com and we can look this up. But that last interception, that was bad. And I just, I'm I'm not going to buy in on Phillip Rivers. I'm not the biggest Rivers fan. I'm a little bit worried about him. Um, and I'm kind of worried about the, the Colts' offense because, like, if you're only able to put up 21 points in the Jaguars' defense, like, what's your ceiling? And I, w- I was just not impressed by Rivers, especially at the end of the game. Um, that pick was bad. But I was I was really impressed by the young guys the Jaguars had out there. Um, they played really, really well, and, like, they have a really, really weird roster full of, like, kind of, full of misfits and guys that no one else wanted, and they're making it work, and I love what I saw from them, and if, if the Jaguars and, I think I said the Redskins, I'm sorry, I'm gonna make that mistake, I did that when, um, when the Chargers moved to Los Angeles, I kept calling them San Diego, they're the Washington football team, if Washington and the Jaguars are gonna make me eat my words, I'm gonna be so happy. I'm gonna I'm gonna love it, and I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say I'm wrong, um, but I loved what I saw from them. They made me eat my words, and I love it. Now let's go. Let's look at the box score. Philip Rivers. He had 363 yards, and I believe two interceptions. Yeah, two picks. Uh, had a passer rating of 88.7. Uh, but Gardner Minshew played out of his mind. He, he completed 19 of 20 passes. You heard that right. 19 of 20 passes. Um, and he threw for 173 yards, three touchdowns, had a passer rating of 142.3. That's incredible. Uh, LaVisco Chenault had some, had some big moments, as did Keelan Cole. Um, and Paris Campbell, he had a nice performance. And I actually really liked him coming out of last year's draft. I thought he was a stud. And I like what I saw from him. He had nine targets, which is incredible. He was awesome. Um, but yeah, rough performance by the Colts. You know, I had the Titans winning that division. Um, and, you know, I think I think that's going to happen, especially with what I saw from the Colts yesterday. But like I said, I'm not going to overreact. Um... I'm not going to overreact from week one. The Colts can definitely turn it around. But I didn't like what I saw from them in week one. Uh, but I, I do I do think, you know, of course, it's a 16-game season. Um, <laughs> they can definitely turn it around. But I, I didn't like what I saw from them uh, against, the ja- against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Um, I'm going to start off with the Celtics-Heat game. 
which was awesome. And yesterday, I released a an article um, where I, where I made my DFS pick or my DFS lineups. I released those, and I made my picks for each game. Uh, now, if you would have made those picks, you would have made a lot of money. Um, to be completely honest, uh, I did the math. Um, if you if you um, at least for the sell, like, there were a few picks that I made. Um, where if you parlayed them, you could have made a lot of money. Um, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying, like, go check out that article. I'm going to be releasing some more of those, so if you're interested in that kind of content, check that out. I'm going to be doing that a lot more, because I'm kind of getting interested in DFS and game odds. Uh, so go check that, that out. Um, uh, but I, before the series started, I was all in on the Heat winning this series. And I started with game one. I predicted that I picked them to win game one. Um, I would have bet on them for the spread. Uh, the spread was, it was Celtics minus one and a half. I would have bet, my, I picked Miami plus one and a half. And I picked Miami on the money line. Um, and if I would have actually bet money, I didn't bet money on that game or on the game lines. But if I did, I would have made some decent cash. Uh, because the Heat, I'm... Well, let's just talk about the game because it was wild. Now the Cel- the Celtics were dominating in the first half. Um, Smart was hot, Tatum was hot. Those two were just cooking the Heat, and Tatum was hitting some pretty difficult shots. Like his shot making in this game was really impressive, um, and the Heat just struggled on defense because the tel- the Celtics kept attacking them off the dribble. And the, and the Heat's defense was getting out of position, and the Celtics were getting a lot of good shots. Um, in the second quarter, there was an os- offensive surge from the Heat. They took the lead in the second quarter. Um, in the second half, the second half is what was really, really um, crazy about this game. And the fourth, the fourth quarter and overtime, because this game ended up going to overtime, was awesome. Now, the Celtics couldn't miss a shot in the second half. They were hitting everything. I swear, every shot they took went in. Um, or at least that's what it felt like watching the game. Um, there was an incredible finish to regulation. Hero hit a contested shot at the end. Uh, he hit a contested three. And Jimmy Butler hit a three in the corner to take the lead with, around, I believe, around 10 seconds left. Um, and there was a foul before the Celtics inbounded the ball in the following possession. So Tatum shot one free throw to tie the game. Um, and he ended up missing a shot. So the game went to overtime. And in overtime, like, the game got even crazier. Kimba hit a, hit a step back shot, a step back mid range, um, shot off on Hero. And then Butler responded by taking Tatum off the dribble. He had a tough layup. Got fouled, um, so he uh, scored three three points in that position. Then Tatum, on the following possession, he had a wide open path to the basket, and I thought he was gonna dunk all over Bam Adebayo, but Bam ended up blocking his his dunk attempt, and this was the best dunk I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've never seen a more impressive dunk, and I, I get everyone's gonna say that. The, that LeBron's block in the 2016 finals of game seven in game seven of that series um, is the best block ever. But Bam Adebayo blocked this ball and blocked this dunk with his left hand. He's right-handed. He blocked the dunk with his off hand. 
and his wrist like bent backwards above the rim. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I was watching it in El Nepal parking lot, losing my mind. Um, like that, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, that that is the craziest block I've ever seen in my entire life. That was insane. Um, and it was just a crazy. The the ending to this game was insane. Everyone was hitting tough shots. You know, Jimmy Butler. Um, he he came through at the end. He was incredible, um, and Jason, and, um, Tyler Hero, he's been really, really good in the playoffs, and he was great in this game, I mean, he was doing everything, he had a near triple-double, he was one assist away from a triple-double, um, but Jimmy Butler, he had 20 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, he was great, and Jay Crowder, once again, he had, he had a big shot in overtime, he continues to play well, and he did so in this game, he had, uh, 22 points, one assist, five rebounds, and a guy that's been playing incredibly well in the bubble, and not enough people are talking about it, Goran Dragic had 29 points, four, assi four assists, seven rebounds. Now for the Celtics, Tatum played well, had 30 points, five rebounds, 14 assists, and five stocks. If you don't know what stocks are, it's steals and blocks combined. Um, Marcus Smart, who was awesome in the first half, a little bit quiet in the second. Uh, he had 26 points, one assist, three rebounds, shot six for 13 from the uh, from the three point line. Kemba Walker had 19 six and uh, 19 six and three, and then Brandon Wanamaker came off the bench, had 11 points, six assists, three rebounds, and five steals. He played really well in this game. Shout out to him. But yeah, that was an insane game one. Um, and this is going to be a close series uh, because these teams match up really well. The Celtics shot making versus the Heat's defense and their three-point shooting. It's going to be a fun series. The Celtics put put forth a great effort in game one. But the Heat, they battled at the end of regulation and overtime. They, they just, they got a, a huge win in game one. But this is going to be a close series. I could see this going uh, seven games. I honestly can. Now, let's talk about the biggest story in sports right now. The Clippers, um, they blew a 3-1 lead and the Nuggets beat them in game seven last night. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant uh, because I, I'm not a Clippers fan. Um, and I'm not a LeBron hater, but I was pulling for the Clippers in this series. I was, or not, I wasn't pulling for the Clippers, but I kind of wanted to see the Clippers and Lakers in the conference finals because I want to watch good basketball, and I thought that was the best possible matchup. Um, but in Game Seven, the Clippers were pathetic. They they lost by double digits. The Nuggets were incredible. Jamal Murray had 40 points in this game. And Jokic had a triple-double. He played out of his mind. Like Jokic, uh, Jokic had 16 points, 13 assists, 22 rebounds. Jamal Murray had 40 points, 5 assists, 4, uh, four rebounds. Shot 15 for 26 from the field, 6 for 13 from the three-point line. Those two were incredible. Uh, but the story of the game was how bad the Clippers were, especially in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I picked the Clippers to win the title before the season and before the playoffs. Um, I predicted them to win the title. I, I, I saw what they had um, with their star. They, had, they have star power. They had who I believed was the best player in the world before this series, and Kawhi Leonard. They have Paul George, who was... Who was who, um, was a, who was he's still a really good player, 
Um, he did struggle in the playoffs, uh, but uh, before the season, I saw him as like a potential top 10 player in the NBA, and it had a lot of depth. And they took what was a 48-win team last year, added Kawhi and Paul George to it. I thought they were going to win the title. And they come out in Game 7. And the series should not have gone seven games. Like they had double-digit uh, leads in games five and six. They blew those. This The series shouldn't have gone seven games. But in game seven, the Clippers had the most pathetic performance I've ever seen by a team in my entire life. They were horrible in the fourth quarter. And they went out with their tails between their legs. They looked awful in the fourth quarter. They showed no heart. And what they... like. That, their performance was disrespectful to the game of basketball. I mean, it was just absolutely disgusting. And shout out to the Nuggets. They played well. The last three games, they played out of their minds. Like, they deserve a lot of credit. Like, they, they just, they outplayed the Clippers. And they, they came out, punched them in the mouth, and they won this game. And they won the series in seven games. So, so shout out to them. Because I don't want to like, talk about the Clippers and not give the Nuggets their credit, the credit they deserve, because they played out of their minds, and Jokic and Murray look like, they, they are officially stars. Jokic was already a star, we already knew how good he was, but Jamal Murray in that game, his shot creation is incredible, like, his shot making ability is out of this world, and he is a star from here on out. Now, the Clippers... I just, I was so disgusted by them, and I was so disgusted by Kawhi Leonard. Now, I'm one of the biggest Kawhi fans you're going to see, or not Kawhi fans, but Kawhi supporters. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of any player, really. Uh, besides Steph Curry, I am a big Steph Curry fan. Um, but there's not a lot of players where I'm just a huge, like, I'm a huge fan or a stan. Uh, I'm just, I just, I don't really like that term. Uh, but I'm a big Kawhi supporter, and I talk very, very, I think very highly of Kawhi Leonard. Now, if you're going to be the best player in the world, which I have said that Kawhi is uh, in the past, if you're going to be the best player in the world, you cannot have 14 points in Game 7, and you cannot be passive at the end of the game when your team, when, when your team is sinking and you're falling apart. Um, and that's exactly what Kawhi did. He was terrible in this game, and at the end of the game, not he didn't like take control of the offense, and he didn't start dominating the ball. No, he was very passive, and that is just not acceptable. He went out in ridiculous fashion, and honestly, I don't think he's the best player in the world anymore. You cannot hold the title as the best player in the world, and when your team is down, is is up three, or when you, when your team is facing a game seven after you've blown a three one lead, you cannot have that kind of performance and keep that title. So from here on out, the title is up in the air. And honestly, I'm willing to say that LeBron James is now the best player in the world, uh, and which is crazy because he didn't even play last night. Kawhi was just so crappy. And that whole Clippers, and I'm going to get to Paul George in a second, um, but that whole Clippers team was awful and pathetic last night, and I'm disgusted by what I saw from them in the fourth quarter. They were horrible, and they went out with no fight and no heart. They were terrible. Now, Paul George, uh, he, he, he's been so inconsistent in the playoffs, uh, and last night, he did not show up, which is not honestly not that surprising. He's been really up and down this entire postseason, and he was terrible last night. He was horrible. Um, and, but, like, really, what do you expect? Uh, now, Montrezl Harrell 
He played really well last night, which was a surprise because he's, because he's been terrible this entire series. But shout out to, to him. But besides him, no one played well for the Clippers. No one at all. And when Montrezl Harrell is your best player in a Game 7, that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue. And I'm just, I just can't believe what I saw from the Clippers in that game. They were terrible. They were absolutely awful. And I was disgusted by their performance. Now, this begs the question, what's next for the Los Angeles Clippers? Because um, they traded every asset they have for Paul George to win a title in the next two years. They didn't win the title this year. And they didn't even make the conference finals. They blew a three-one lead. So now you're thinking, like, what's next for them? What do they? Like, where do they go from here? And honestly, they need to get rid of Paul George because he cannot play off the ball besides Kawhi Leonard. He he is a a number one option, and he is a ball dominant player. And he just cannot play off the ball. He needs the ball in his hands, and he needs to be the lead guy on an, on a um, on a contending team. And so I need. I think they need. They need to get rid of him. Get someone who can play off the ball, and get someone who can be the second option on this team. Because Paul George just hasn't been able to play that role consistently. Um, so I think they need, they need to get rid of Paul George. But the thing is, they don't have like they don't have a lot of options. They don't have any picks. They don't have any first round picks until twenty twenty seven. And they're in a rough spot. They don't have a lot of assets. So I don't know what they're going to do. And, like, you got to consider, like, the Golden State Warriors are going to be healthy next year. They're going to be contending. Uh, The Nuggets continue to get better. And if Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't even reached his potential yet, if he does take that leap next year, that's another team they got to worry about. The Lakers are still good. You know, the Jazz... Um, they gave them a lot of trouble in the first round. So I don't know what where the Clippers go from here. They're probably not going to win a title with Kawhi or Paul George, which, which is extremely uh, disappointing. But I honestly don't know where they go from here. They should have fired Doc Rivers. I know they're bringing him back. They need to get rid of Paul, Paul George. Those are the first things they need to do. I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. And honestly, I just don't know where they go from here. Um, they're in a weird situation, and it's going to be really hard for them to win a title with this roster, the way it's currently constructed. Uh, now let's talk about the Nuggets. Can they beat the Lakers? Um, yes, they can. Will they? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm a huge believer in LeBron James. I think he's going to be able to get it done in this series, but I would not be surprised if the Denver Nuggets upset the Los Angeles Lakers. It can happen, and I would not be shocked. I mean, the way Jokic and Jamal Murray are playing, I mean, they're playing out of their minds. Michael Porter Jr. has been good. They have a lot of depth. Like, they are an extremely talented roster, um, and I think they can get it done, and I think they can make it to the NBA Finals. Now, what I think is most likely is that we see a Lakers Heat championship series, uh, but I can't wait to see this Lakers Nuggets series. I mean, I... I'm, I may just put some money on the Nuggets uh, just for the value because I honestly can see them winning this series, but it's going to be fun. But this is crazy. I mean, the, the, the Clippers got upset. They blew a 3-1 lead with the best player in the world on their team. And now, I mean, now that title is up in the air. It's been a crazy week. I wanted to get this episode out sooner, uh, but I got really busy. But I hope you all enjoyed this. 
Let me know what y'all think. Um, and I'll, I'll see y'all next next time. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,